you're listening to NRI Women, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. We hope that in sharing their stories, you will learn something new, be inspired, or know that there are others like you. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. Joining us today is Jamnini Vishwanathan from Sunnyvale, California. She's the co-creator of the project No More Nirbhaya in Chennai, India, an initiative that aims to create safer public spaces for women. They also conduct child sexual abuse prevention trainings that have been recognized by organizations like UNICEF and New York Times. Janani also volunteers as a crisis counselor at Crisis Text Line, helping people in crisis over text, and is a certified California domestic violence survivor counselor. She does all of this in addition to her full-time job, which is a health and environment safety consultant. She chats with us about what motivates her to do all of this and how she juggles it. And oh, um, did we mention she's only 29? So why did she move to the U.S.? Um, I moved to the U.S. about um, six or seven years ago for my master's. So I landed in Boston. I studied in University of Massachusetts. So it actually so happened that when I came to the U.S., when I went to the university, I got to know that I was the first person who had enrolled in the program in four years. Like they had not had anybody enroll in the program. Um, there's a joke that in India, you first do engineering and then you figure out what to do with life. So uh, my parents said that I had to do engineering. I wanted to really do um, study like psychology or journalism, but they were like, no. Um, and I happened to have scores in which, which would lead me to a path in science and math. Um, so the biotechnology seemed to be like a good option. I was, um, I was just trying to find something that will help me find a balance so that I'm not like too frustrated by what I'm doing. Like I didn't want to hate my job or my career. Um, and I also come from, uh, I want to say from like a lower middle class family, which meant that I had, I have the responsibility of taking care of my parents. So that is what motivated me to come to the U.S. And uh, even though I was not really interested in biotechnology, I wanted to study because I knew that whatever I do, I can work well. Janani found a compromise by finding a career she didn't mind having and one that would pay for the needs of her family back home in India. She was keenly aware of her responsibility and took a risky choice of funding her education, part of which was paid for by all her family's savings. I took a loan. I did take a big risk. I took a loan from India uh, when I came here. But the first month I came here, when I knew that I was the only student, so every university has an EHS department and every company in the country has an EHS department. So I, that's a non-academic department. So I emailed somebody in that department saying that, hey, I'm the first student who has enrolled in this program. Uh, I don't have any seniors or anybody who can help me. So can I come and shadow someone to learn what you do? Uh, so one of the people responded to me. She was the biosafety officer. She responded to me saying that she would be happy to like help me understand what this is all about. So I shadowed her for a month. I helped her with things and uh, she was, uh, she, I, she knew, she got to know about me. She really liked me. That I came in, uh, like my college started in September and by October she had created a, a profile, a job profile for a graduate student. And so she started uh, 
paying me. I didn't get funded for my education, but I got, I started getting paid for working there in the department. And Janani took on every opportunity she got to support her education by taking up other jobs. She completed her master's, getting her first job at an Ivy League school. She also found love with Raghav, whom she eventually married. He was based in Sunnyvale, California, and so she chose to move from the East Coast to the West Coast after marriage, which meant she had to find a new job. Uh, so when I got a chance to take a break, uh, I have a friend in India who had this non-profit. The non-profit's name is Aware India. Um, he said, hey Janani, I am thinking of something called No More Nirbhaya. Uh, this is based on the, you know, the infamous Delhi uh, incident, the rape incident that happened. I think we need to do something. So I'm from Chennai. Uh, and we determined that in Chennai, there were no organizations who were working on the safety. So following the Delhi incident, uh, there were organizations that were cropping up all over India, but nothing in Chennai. We also came across an article or like multiple articles that said that Southern India or Chennai is safer, which we disagree. Like I disagree. I disagreed with it because I myself had incidents where I used to travel all the time in public transportation and I have been molested multiple times. People like men touching you um, and you have you cannot do anything. And he said, I have this idea of no more. Do you want to lead it? And it was perfect timing because I was taking a break. So I said, yes, I want to do this. Nirpaya, meaning fearless, was the name given to the victim of the 2012 gang rape case in Delhi. It was a defining event that ushered in an era of mass awakening, a kind that had not been witnessed before. And for many, there was a need to do something. And Janani found the perfect opportunity to match that need. So I started doing my research. We wanted to break that, those articles which said that Chennai was safe. We wanted to dig, it, dig a little deeper. So what I did was I contacted the different organizations like in Delhi, uh, in Bangalore. We con contacted those organizations. We asked them to send their research as to what they are doing. And we decided we are going to do the same in Chennai. So the first step was we released a survey. So I, with, along with a bunch of volunteers, we came up with like uh, questions. And we asked about, um, about 1,500 people in Chennai, what they felt and how if they felt safe. And unsurprisingly, the results, the survey results were that they didn't feel safe. And more than 50% of them had been, um, had had like some kind of assault. Like it might have been physical, it might be just verbal, like catcalling or somebody like touching you. So we did get that survey results, which helped us start the No More Day project. Uh, in one sentence, it is to create uh, safer and gender-empowered spaces in Chennai. So that's the one sentence. After they got the results from the survey, it was time to implement the plan and they began with tackling the space where most women had faced some sort of abuse, the public transportation system. When we say uh, safer and gender-empowered spaces, that is different spaces, right? That is your home. That is your school, that is your college, that is your workplace, um, that's like your road, your uh, public transportation. So we started with public transportation. So we took that to the 
public transportation department in chennai and we told them that hey you know we can teach your drivers and in india you have a conductor who gives you tickets so the conductor there's a driver and a conductor so we wanted to train the drivers and conductors in gender sensitization and they were actually open about it so they said yes you can come and teach so we had a couple of sessions uh, we trained i think about uh, 250 to 300 drivers and conductors in the city um on how to react if something happens in their bus and kind of telling them that hey you are the you know like the people who government or anybody who can approach if there is an issue in the bus so that is the first thing that we did which was a uh, which we had like a great response i remember like one of the volunteers said that they had asked the question okay what if a, a lady in a sari comes and says that somebody had uh, cat called her or inappropriately touched her in the bus and what if there is a girl in shorts who did that and the first response is oh you know they would help the person in the in the sari because they think that oh you know she is better than the one so we had to break such myth saying that no that that's not fair like you need to treat everybody equally uh it was more of it was more of the mindset right like we are trying to break their thoughts so we started there um there's an app called safety pin that's an international app so we collaborated with them uh it it is an app where you can audit your space as in your road and your streets where you walk you can audit it and so if i have the app and if say i go to that part of the city i can see in the app how others have voted or how others have audited it so i know if this is a safe street or not or if i need to take a different street gender sensitization is a very new concept in india in many families in both rural and urban areas while boys are encouraged to study and have careers girls are taught to concentrate on the household chores no one thinks of questioning this bias as this is how it has been for years for real change both girls and boys must learn to question this bias The No Moner Bay project is addressing this by introducing the gender equality program in schools and Men Talk Consent program in both rural and urban areas. Okay, so with the urban community, we have seen uh, if if it's a public if Men Talk Consent is a public event, then it's men who are interested who want to come. Mostly, it's not men who want to create trouble to come. That's been the the reaction in the urban community with respect to the to the some community that we have adopted it's called chemenjeri most of the men in the community are um alcoholics and you know i i know that there was a lot of resistance for our team to go in there and work but what we did was that we kind of initially when that happened we backed off and the strategy was we started teaching the children very general things like music dance we would tell them hey we want to come to your community and teach them music teach them yoga so um our team has been working with them for almost 5 years now slowly as with that we started introducing gender equality you know we started teaching them uh stories we started uh and as so the parents were motivated because something good is happening to their children and they don't have to pay any money 
they are mostly working so it's like free daycare so somebody is taking care of their children and teaching them so recently um like about a year ago i know that uh, we taught the moms some moms who are interested on how to pay the electricity bill online because that's actually a in india that's a new thing and people who are making money out of it so if you go to like a shop who which has a computer they would say oh i'll pay your electricity bill you have to give me 50 rupees so our volunteers was like why don't i teach these women that and they can make money right they can just help their community how to uh, on paying bills so we started teaching them that and uh, we started encouraging the moms if you want to write like your 10th grade exam or if you want to learn english or if you want to learn something along with your kids you can do that so that's how we have entered the community not in a you know very slowly in a way that they would um, they would trust us before we go um, now we uh, like last year we collaborated with uh, with a doctor uh, like a researcher in uh, gender equality and uh, she gave us like uh, activities that could be done every week and she did a survey before and after so before you ask the child okay what does your mom do my mom cooks what does your dad do my dad does this. like can your mom will your dad cook they'll be like no why will my dad cook so from that we every week there was an activity at the end of it where the children realized that no anybody can do anything how are we have approached the urban and the, uh the underprivileged The main focus of the Nomo Nirbhaya project is to empower women so they can feel confident and not defenseless. Its Empower is a free program that trains girls and women on basic self-defense techniques that may help them get out of a potentially risky situation and it has done an amazing job over the last few years. We have uh, trained over um, at least 5000 women and girls in self-defense. That was one of the top things that people showed interest in our survey. Uh, we recently also started something called Survivor Series following the Me Too uh, movement in India where we have like monthly sessions. Uh, it is not necessarily calling out um, survivors but it is more to talk about mental health of women. So we if somebody has gone through, you know, abuse or anything like that, they don't really get a chance to heal. So how exactly has the self defense training impacted the lives of the girls? So we have a few trainers who are now going and teaching. So they who just came as participants. Um so the self defense session is not just teaching them physically how to kick or it's not like karate or it's not that. It it involves uh, we teach them about how how to mentally be prepared, how to be alert or how to react to a situation really fast. I am really really proud because these are all like very young women like in like 19 20 whom I've seen in the last couple of years as to how they spoke to me the first time I spoke to them as like a volunteer and then now as trainers how much of confidence and how bold and how like the advice they give to the when I see videos where they're giving advice to the other women I'm fascinated by how much of self confidence they've built by doing this so I've heard only examples of how they've been able to use it in their real life like how like say some uh, it could be anybody but I just want to say like mostly it's a male so if it's a male who is trying to um 
uh how do i i don't want to i'm trying to think of the right word like not bully but like say sometimes you're in a workplace or in like a college setting where yes like they want to uh establish their opinion right they don't let you speak or so yeah one of my volunteers is telling me like how they are able to you know be firm and say that hey no this is not what it is this is my idea this is what i want to do so i think that that itself is a is an impact right apart from training women in self defense the project is also working on actively raising awareness to prevent children's sexual abuse and they've successfully trained over 10000 people to date so for uh, children can be taught about safety as young as when they are like 3 years old as simple as teaching them what um, i'm going to uh, in terms of um child sexual abuse or like you know in simple as simple as teaching them what a private part is like that's what we teach in our training so teaching them what the parents can touch and what somebody else cannot touch so making that very simple um, giving them very simple definitions hey this is what uh, amma can do this is what appa can do but somebody else cannot do this and telling them that if somebody makes you uncomfortable come home and tell me or run away uh be very clear that don't touch me like the children should learn to say that regardless of who it is regardless it's better safe to be sorry right like if they don't like somebody touching them it might be well meaning but if they don't like it then saying no needs to be taught to them as young as possible even though we chatted with janani who was miles away from us we could feel her passion and determination to do something that makes a difference to others lives we asked how does she manage it all while having a full time job a lot of people ask me that question um, i think uh, this gives me a lot of happiness that i'm able to find time for it so mostly my the aware work the nomonobia work work happens in the morning Um, I have days where I work, wake up at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. because I need to talk to my team or I need to talk to like a potential corporate or somebody. So I do that uh, before I go to work. So that's uh, that's how I do it. And uh, for domestic violence uh, survivor advocate, I work for uh, I volunteer for Maitri, which is a uh, which helps South Asians in the Bay Area. Um, the commitment is. Uh, not so much i would say about like maybe 4 to 8 hours in a month after attend meetings and so it's during weekends or after work so that works for me and crisis text line is uh, it's an amazing platform that people can actually get counseling over text i i and i also did i i do all of this um because i i want to it it gives me a lot of uh um uh, contentment i don't want to say happiness it's like i i feel very content when i do this i i feel like i have a good day um when i help other people and janani draws inspiration from her friend and founder of aware india sandhyan the founder of the organization is my friend who um he himself comes from a uh like a underprivileged community his dad was a painter his mom is a maid she's still a maid um he is the fir- he was the first engineer in his family 
but when the nirbhaya incident happened in 2012 it really affected him he was working for a, a multinational like an mnc in chennai and then he started this and uh, this uh, slum community i'm talking about was near his workplace so along with his few colleagues he decided to go and help the community and like a couple of years ago he decided that hey i want to work for the organization completely and janani hopes to follow suit someday in the future so when i was 20 i think i used to think that uh, having a great job or making money or traveling the world i thought that was what is going to give me happiness um but after i found my passion like after i found social work i have realized that finding what you love is what actually gives you uh, the contentment or happiness in life like now it gives you it gives you a lot of perspective it it uh, it makes you understand that you don't have to run behind things like it's given me a lot of um, the work i do outside has actually given me confidence i um for myself i want to do what i'm doing currently i'm i'm learning i am maybe at some point in time i might want to do this full time but i'm not there yet but maybe at some point our vision for aware for no monarchia is that we are able to establish it in the us as well and that i can lead i hope to lead it with your with the organization my with the no monarchia project my hope is that we are able to reach more people uh my hope is that more uh, schools or corporates or uh, you know they come forward in supporting us and hopefully we are able to bring the change that the envision that is safer and gender empowered spaces in not just in chennai but we wish to extend it to other uh, cities and villages in our state and in other places in india as well in a patriarchal indian culture the gender roles are defined gender discrimination and devaluation of women and girls is ingrained into our daily lives Madhumita Das from the International Research Center for Women said, "If you really want to achieve gender equality and reduce gender-based violence and see a larger impact on lives of women and girls, you need to engage with boys and girls. It's an investment in both, and no more nirbhaya is doing just that." I'm Bettina, and I'm Nanora. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you'll help the voices of our guests be heard by sharing this episode with your family and friends. We can be found at nriwoman.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just look for NRI Women. If you or someone you know has a story to share, please get in touch with us at hello at nriwoman.com or tweet us at nri_women. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. at NRI Women podcast. Our featured fellow podcaster for this week is Nerdy Bitches Pod, a podcast by Liz and Heather, two geeky ladies podcasting their way through pop culture. Their podcast can be found on the same platform as you listen to our podcast.
Hey, this is Liz. And this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We're talking Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbeam, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. Talk to you soon. This episode was edited by the lovely Dipti Shibish. New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring, and always be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. Uh, People who are in addiction can be extremely frustrating um, and hard to deal with. Like they're like for me, I, there was it was like I was torn. Like this one part of me wanted help, wanted to get better, and the other part was completely fighting and trying to push it away.